Hello, welcome to the In The World podcast, uh, back for a new series, I think we can say. Um, yeah, I think we can safely say that now. <laughs> it's been on a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. How long is the hiatus? Two, three, four, five, six months? Mm. Longer? I think the last... About six months there. If That's this is our first recording this year, so <laughs> yeah. this is this is the 2017 edition of the uh, In <laughs> yeah. The World podcast. Yeah, hopefully there will be another. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's not an annual thing. Um, so... What we're aiming to do with this series is slightly different to previous episodes where we would mash a couple of subjects together. Instead, this time what we're going to aim to do is answer, not always difficult, but answer um, questions. Um, so one one question per podcast, so to speak. Um, I'm Russell Dooley and here to join me is... Rosie Dooley. And I'm Joe. No, <laughs> no surname. First, first name terms. I like anonymity. <laughs> um, so to kick things off, uh, this this sort of first podcast of this new series, uh, the question will be: Is the church homophobic? Yes, which is a big question, a very relevant question, and um, that needs answering. Yeah. So what I thought would be really useful, um, f- particularly for this podcast, is to effectively make our statement first and then we'll what we want to do generally in these podcasts is refer to the bible more so we'll make the statement we'll then look at how we've come to this statement at using verses from the bible and putting them into their context um and hopefully that will give a picture of of how as christians we come to our opinion um and of course if there's anything in here that you disagree with then then comment send us emails, whatever. However, we'll give you all the details at the end. Let's create a conversation here. Uh, but this is this is what we believe collectively the Bible is saying. So here's the statement. Um, homosexuality is a sin. It's a sexual sin. And the Bible explains sexual sin as worse than other sins. But homosexuality is no worse than any of those other sexual sins. And what's God's response to this? Well, God's response is, all humans sexually sin. Um, and we shouldn't be hypocritical um, of those, particularly outside the church, um, that are committing sexual sins. And what's Jesus' response to this? Well, Jesus, of course, like everything, tells us to show love and compassion for our neighbour, and particularly for those outside the church. So that's where that's our, our statement. And let us explain how we got to that point so looking first at the first statement in that which is that homosexuality is a sin and i think it's it's quite frequently mentioned in both the the old testament and the new testament um it's quite often spoken of as sin um along with many other sins mm. as, as sort of joe mentioned it, it's not it's not like the bible is full of of that comment of you know homosexuality is sin it's there's there's a lot of things within the bible that are pointed out as sin as we know mentioned there adultery um you think to the ten commandments you have you know stealing and and all those things so it's not it's not the only sin that the bible mentions it's one of many Mm. and i think that um it's got to the point today where a lot of churches um home in on homosexual sin um as the worst sin you could probably commit. But mm. actually, in reality, the Bible, it, it doesn't say that at all. And um, I think you've got something from Leviticus? Uh, yeah, so um, 
so the first one is Leviticus 20 verse um, 13. Um, so this is from the Old Testament. Um, it's quite early on in the Bible. And the, the quote is, if a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. So it doesn't actually use the word sin there, but I think it's fair to assume that a detestable act in the eyes of God is sin. Yeah. Um, um, and then to to bring that into a New Testament um, perspective as well, 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 to 11 actually lists the sexual sins. And it says, don't you realise that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality are thieves or, or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of our God. So within that, it quite clearly lists, and I'm not sure, I don't know whether this list is uh, comprehensive, but it lists sexual sins. Mm. So if you saw, if you heard in that about worshipping idols, committing adultery, and it says in the Bible uh, that committing adultery is um, includes lusting after another man's wife or anyone that's not your wife so it's not necessarily it's not necessarily an action you have to do it's even the the thought process and the as you said the lusting after it it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have done something physically to be adultery absolutely Yeah. yeah so it quite clearly is saying here that homosexuality is a sexual sin but what it's definitely not saying is that it's any more severe mm. than the other sexual sins. Mm. Mm. So as a, as I said at the beginning, as a man that's never struggled with same-sex attraction, um, I struggle with opposite-sex attraction. I, I, I lust after women that aren't my wife. Mm. And I can say that and I feel like other people will go, well, yeah, of course you do, Joe. You're a red-blooded man. <laughs> Whereas if I was to say I'm a homosexual and I struggle with same-sex attraction, I feel like some people might say that's a really big problem, Joe. Yeah. That's something yeah. that needs sorting. Yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not seen as the same sort of sin, but they are. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Um, and why do we think that is? Just sort of as a way of nothing. I don't know. So I think, uh, to me personally, I think the the way that society views it, just in general, um, there's almost this this bubble around um, homosexuality, and the, there's generally the, the LGBT community yeah. that are you know it's a very defensive community, understandably because because they, there are a lot of homosexual lot. people. Out yeah. There. Exactly. Oh, sorry, homophobic people. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, <laughs> Let me say that again. <laughs> yeah. Because there are a lot of homophobic people. Yeah, but I mean, there are also a lot of homosexual people as well. And that's the thing. It, it's a large community. So I think, um, it, you know, it comes a point where 
it's it's a wide I don't I'm avoiding the word problem it, it's a widespread issue that everyone at some point or another has input into yeah and I also think that um, the church has struggled in the past with homophobics operating within it mm. oh definitely so for example and generally society has has been homophobic there's absolutely no shadow of a doubt about that for example my dad was telling me that when he was growing up at school um people actively went around to find homosexuals to beat them up and mm. that was just the game and it had a, it has a horrible name that i'm not going to share with you now mm. um but that was actually a thing like like cow tipping yes. was a like you yeah. know it's it was just it was it was seen as a bit of fun on a Saturday. It was the done thing. To yeah, pass the time. Yeah, and then when I was at school, so that's only uh, fifteen years ago. When I was at school, calling someone gay or calling someone a gay lord or whatever was really offensive, mm. and people were really offended by it. Mm. Um, but now, with the the kids that we minister to on a Wednesday and Thursday night at St. Botov's Church, there's not the same stigma attached to being gay. So I think what we've, we've got as like a lag in the church mm. a little bit as well. So we've got like people my dad's age and people my age who grew up in cultures where it was okay to be homophobic. It was banter to be homophobic. Yes. Um, and they're, in a, in a lot of cases, they're ministering to kids that are in a totally, in a much better environment growing up than we were on, mm. the, on the topic of homosexuality. So I think there's kind of a lag in that the church is, whilst the Bible, I don't think is homophobic, I think people operating in the church have been. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. So we've, 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 we've identified that the Bible very clearly says that, that homosexuality, um, doing homosexual things, is a sin and yep. it's and it's described as a sexual sin yeah now the next statement that i made um at the outset was that sexual sin is worse than other sin yes okay? yeah and have you got a bible reference i have yes because that's quite a weird statement isn't it yeah because i yeah. think we're all sort of taught to believe that all sin is equal it was, yeah. Uh, yeah i mean that would have been my if you'd have asked me if, at the onset is all sin equally bad but I said yes mm. you know there's there's certainly some sins that you would consider worse but you know I guess yeah generally people expect that all sin is the same so I think I need I think I've been a, a bit playful in the way that I've I've stated that sexual sin is worse than any other sin and in mind in the what I believe the Bible is saying is that it's worse for us. Right. Oh, I see. It's not worse. God sees it as sin, sees it as imperfection. When you're perfect, any bit of dirt yes. is sinful. Um, but for us, and I'll explain why. So let me read again. This is 1 Corinthians 6. So it's a continuation. Um, but I'm I'm skipping out. And I'm not doing this for any other reason than because it, verses 9 to um, 14 don't need reading. Do you want me to read it? Um, yes, please. From 18. So it's, 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 no, it's, um, it's verses 15 through to the end of the chapter. Sure. Okay. 
So 1 Corinthians uh, 6, reading from verse 15. Um, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you are bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. So what do you guys think about that then? From my initial statement, sexual sin is worse than other sins. Yeah, I see what you mean in, you by saying, saying that sexual sin is worse for us. Yeah. Mm. And so 1 Corinthians is, is Paul writing. Do you see where Paul's line of argument is going regarding the sin against the body and, and what is specific about the body? Mm. The reason that I think it's important that we, we identify that it's sexual sin and sexual sin has... Um, has a particular uh, sort of criminality against our bodies is because it's so important to go back to the point that we previously made that homosexuality, again, this verse says that homosexuality is of no worse offence than lusting for an, hmm. lusting or even um, to taking it to something that we wouldn't necessarily consider to be a sexual sin or a sin against the body anyway greedy people or drunkards Mm. going back that's going back to verse 9 of 1 corinthians 6 so again it's just making that point that we create such a big obstacle Mm. out of something that's is an obstacle but it's an obstacle for us to god rather than for homosexuals to the church Mm. Mm. yes yeah for sure um it should be Gemma, my wife, made this point. She said, I've never heard someone from the pulpit say, adultery, let's let's have the big talk about that. Yeah. But I've heard three times in the last 12 months someone say, homosexuality, we need to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, and as I say, I, I, I don't necessarily know exactly why the church is still like that, um, why it becomes such a, a big problem, but I think... I guess that's partly driven by society, and as mm-hmm. as you sort of previously mentioned, it it sort of, everyone is again, a, for a lack of a better term, affected, or someone knows someone who is perhaps um, you know homosexual or has struggled with it in the past, and I think it's one of those it's one of those issues that, as you say, that the church and society have made a mountain out of a molehill. To some degree, yes, I think they've made it into a much bigger issue that has a lot more attention brought to it than it perhaps warrants. When you look at mm. the the sort of the relative sins to it, adultery, you know, you, you only have to go down to a local city or town on a Friday night, and you'll see lots of people um, hooking up. Yeah, clearly outside of marriage, um, maybe outside outside of their own marriage. Um, you know, if yeah. they are married and, and people will, you know, they won't even bat an eyelid towards that. Um, but as we, as we've said, and we can clearly read and see here that that's, that is no different. 
you know, mm. that should that warrants just as much attention um, as as the idea of you know as as homophobic. So, so moving on from that, our next initial statement was, "What's God's response?" Um, and God's response is, I thought really interesting when I studied it because I've certainly never seen this sort of line before. Right. So it's again, it's in Corinthians. There is more to the Bible. For those people that um, have never opened a Bible before, it's not just one big book called Corinthians. <laughs> there are other equally good books. Um, but on this particular topic, 1 Corinthians seems to be coming up trumps. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 to 13. So this is Paul, because he's going to speak, he says, I. So when I, Paul, wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worship idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Hmm. So how does that affect the way that you, if it does affect it at all, how does that, how could that affect the way you perceive um the topic of homosexuality or any sexual sin committed by those outside of the church. I find that hard. I find that really hard, especially that last bit. Expel the wicked person from among you. I don't want to expel anyone. Yeah, so in this context, it's similar to um, the verse that says about um, the, uh, false teachers. Oh, okay. So this is very specifically expel those that are claiming to be followers of of Jesus sure. but are not concerned about the sins that they are committing okay mm. I think that's I think that's a really difficult thing because um, I was saying earlier that I have I have uh, non-Christian friends and I have Christian friends um, I have non-Christian friends who are gay and I have Christian friends who are gay and I think that um, it's very difficult for you to say to your Christian friend who is gay Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't agree with your what what you're up to because I, I I don't know what they're up to. It's absolutely none of my business in many ways. But um, their sin is between them and God. Yeah, it's not between me and them. Um, is it though? Yeah. Here's the question I pose to you: If we are one body in yeah. Christ, um, and to, to extrapolate the body analogy if your gay friend is the left fingernail of the body of christ sure and you are the left toenail of jesus christ you are still the same body 
and you have a responsibility to ensure the health of the rest of your body, your own body, but also Jesus's body. Mm. And it says that Jesus is at the head of that body. Mm. I think, I, I think yeah. it's very hard um, because you, yeah, I think it's really hard. I think that it's possible to be a Christian who has same sex attraction but not act on that same sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's difficult. It's a difficult thing to talk about with said friend. So. Definitely. I, I, but equally, um, as we were saying before, if that same, if that sin was, um, promiscuity, mm. um, heterosexual promiscuity, mm. would you want them to have that conversation with you? Yeah, you would. Mm. It's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. I know. Well, I'd want yeah. to have that conversation with them, definitely. But that verse there, expel the wicked person. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just it's, find that it's really very difficult. severe, isn't it? Yeah. But um, I think at the end of the day, as well, it's it's one of those those things that is very hard as a Christian to almost call out another Christian for something like this. When you have so sensitive. many sins of your own, mm. very many sins of your own, but then. Would it not... Imagine if, if you found out someone that you were maybe quite close to in the, in the church that you attend um, had been seeing someone else on the side other than their wife. I feel like that would be a lot easier to talk to them about. You know, if we discovered that someone um, that, you know, that we know was, was having an affair... I feel like it'd be a lot easier to call them out yeah. on that yeah. than it would be to call out someone if they were in a same-sex same relationship or at least had expressed same-sex attraction. Mm. And I think that's that's where it becomes very difficult because that's... I think part of the problem there is that same-sex, as we've said from the, out, from the onset, same-sex attraction is something that we've never had and perhaps then don't understand. It's hard to get in that mindset. You know, I find that... I think that's the challenging yeah. part, isn't it? Going back to the, the verse that I just read out, though, what do we think about how we minister to those outside of the church? So, as Russell mentioned previously, the, the LGBT mm. community, which is a very strong lobbying group now, how does that... What, what it makes me think of is the Westboro Baptist Church. Mm. And I would... I would distance myself further from the Westboro Baptist Church than I would from Islam. Yeah. In yeah. that I just, they, they don't follow God, no. in my opinion. No. Certainly they don't follow a, a God that I know. God, the God yes. that I know. Yeah. Um, but what keeps on coming to mind for me is when they pick it, like anything, with these God hates facts mm. and God hates you because you're gay, mm. um, banners and stuff. Where it so clearly says here, it literally says it, it well, in my Bible anyway, <laughs> in black and white. It says, um, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin, but I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin. Skip a bit. I was talking, um, I was, any, it was not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer. Mm. So there is no judgment here for non-believers. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. The, 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 the model that Jesus gives us 
is to show love for our neighbour mm. and compassion. Mm. And God, and it says in it as well that God, the, the verse that I just read out, um, it says that God will judge. We don't, we have no right to judge. I think, yeah, that's what yeah. I was about to say. It comes down to the fact that it's not up to us to tell someone who is gay. It's not up to us as a Christian, as an individual, to tell them that that is wrong. Mm. Our job at that point, you know, as far as I believe, is to, is to, you know, show compassion and show love towards them. And if we can bring them to God, if we can, yeah. if we can bring them to the church, if we can bring them in and and show them what we know and trust in, then that's far more helpful than a ignoring them and b passing judgment on them. Yeah, I, I I've said this to Gemma in the past. Um, I'm a say I'm a gay person and I'm in a I'm in a relationship with another man. At that point in my life. Um, I love that man more than anyone else. And for a Christian to come to me and say, you shouldn't love this man, you should love God because he loves you even more than this man. At that point, I would say, I don't want to take that risk. I love this man. Mm. I don't want to risk potential greater love for the love that I already feel, which is yeah. totally, I feel is totally fulfilling me. So how dare we as a church come to them and say, leave that man mm. and come and be a Christian? However, if we minister to them, sharing our love for Jesus with them, sharing our passion for Jesus, and we say, whatever you're doing is fine. We mm. don't, well, it's not fine, but we don't judge it. Yeah, we but, can't judge it. But mm. what we do judge is that you're not coming to church. Mm. You're, you're, you don't believe in Jesus. And we want you to. We desperately want you to because we know that Jesus gives you life. Mm. Then once they start reading their Bible, coming to church exploring praying then they might they might come to a different they might come to a different place i don't know yeah but at that point when they're outside of the church we're there should judge. be no judgment no. Hmm. um and so we're saying there should be no judgment and we said that we would always root what we're saying in the bible yeah so the reason that i'm saying is there should be there should be no judgment comes from a different book of the Bible. <laughs> yes. Um, John, the book of John. So John being uh, one of the four, one of the big fours, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. In John chapter eight, this is probably one of the more quoted um, sections of the Bible. And it talks about a woman who's caught in adultery. And um, I'm not going to read it all. If you get an opportunity to read John 8 again, I would strongly encourage you to. Um, because this is the this is the part of the Bible where um, Jesus says the most uh, sort of scathing of words to the Pharisees at the time. And it's uh, John 8, verse 7. Rosie, could you read it for us? Oh, yeah. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one, has no one condemned you? 
No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. That's pretty amazing. Mm. That's pretty profound. So we're getting in, and the church generally, whether we want to get into this, but there's a thing called General Synod, and they met a few weeks back, and they were talking talking about... about Same-sex marriage. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) here it says, and it's... I, I love this because in the Bible that I'm looking at, everything that Jesus says is in is in red text. Um, my my version is a different translation to Rosie's, but Jesus says, "The person that has no sexual sin casts the first stone," um, and the crowd gets up and leaves. I just imagine them like picking up their deck chairs, being like, "Oh well, Jesus ruined the party," again. <laughs> um, and they all go, and then it's only Jesus that's left, and. Um, and he asked the lady, um, who's left to condemn you? And she says, well, there's nobody. And uh, Jesus says, well, I'm not going to condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Hmm. Yeah, and in the, the sort of footnotes here, so the Bible I'm reading from is, is sort of a, a study Bible. Um, and in the footnotes here, it says, Jesus didn't condemn the woman accused of adultery, but neither did he ignore or condone her sin. He told her to leave her life of sin. Jesus stands ready to forgive any sin in your life. So I think that's a big part again. You know, it's, yeah. it's no matter the sin, you will be forgiven. You just have to have faith and belief and, and, you know, and ask for that forgiveness. Um, and again, you know, that's all we need to do. It's we, we are not going to be the people to pass the judgment and to throw the stone. We need to be the people to point to Jesus and say, you know, you will be forgiven. Um, you know, if that's if that's what you want, essentially. Again, it's not it's not up to us to tell them they have sinned and need forgiveness. Perhaps it's up to us to at least let them read the Bible and pray about it and come to that conclusion themselves. If that's what they feel, you know, they need forgiveness on. You know, so yeah, I think going back then to our original statement, and I'll read it again. Um, homosexuality and this is where the, this I suppose this is where the, the main rub comes homosexuality uh, as the bible says is a sin and it's described as a sexual sin um, which is worse than other sins uh, but homosexuality is quite clearly no worse than any other sexual sin and what's God's response well God says that all humans sexually sin so don't be hypocritical uh, i.e cast the first stone and don't judge those outside the church. And Jesus's response is to show love and compassion for those outside the church, like he did with um, the lady. Um, so yeah, I think we can look. We've managed to do this whole subject so far without talking about gay marriage and mar- and um, say and heterosexual marriage. Um, and I don't think I don't know what you guys think. I don't think we need to talk no. about it particularly. No, I think I think that could be under a, <laughs> a, topic. a different topic. <laughs> all, all, all I would say about it, very very briefly, is that the Bible says um, that um, marriage is the perfect place for for sex for sex. Yes, mm. and he says sex is amazing in marriage, um, and he also says that it's the perfect place for raising children. Um, so. With that in mind, that's where, that's why, that's where this whole sexual sin, beca- that's another route that we could go with sexual sin is yeah. that if it's not within marriage, 
um, where it's perfect because if if a baby does come along, then um, it's in the perfect environment for a baby to be to 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 come into the world yes. and all that those yeah. things. That's why that's another way that we could look at why sexual sin is is a is a sin. Is, yeah, um, why homosexual sin is a sin. Well, any, just, any, any oh, sin, yeah. because yeah. if it was like sex outside of marriage and then the woman was to get pregnant, then that child is growing up outside of, which isn't a, isn't a massive, massive problem, but the Bible does say that it's best for a child to grow up in a, in a married relationship. Mm. So, oh, let's not even get, I've just realised I've opened up yeah. another camera. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's a teaser uh, for another That's a big one. <laughs> this little part in the Bible is sort of, titled the greatest commandment um and it says here we go um love your neighbor as yourself there is no greater commandment than this um and there's many other places in the bible where it says that as luke chapter 10 verse 27 and in matthew 22 34 to 40 as well um and i think that um when we're talking about any issue where there is a minority group or any, anything like that where um, there's a potential for the church to seem um, phobic of any aspect, mm. um, you need to always come back to the fact that we are called to love everybody as though they were ourselves, and we are supposed to um, be like Jesus. Mm. At, at the end of the day, um, when we become a Christian, we are called to be like Jesus, um, and Jesus wouldn't have cast the first stone. No. Um, Jesus mm. wouldn't have cast any stone. Um, and the church, though that in history there's been many instances of homophobia in within the church, that that's not what we're called to do, and that's not the sort of people that we're called to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice knock-on, isn't it? The 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 Bible tells us, and Jesus told us to um, to be more like Jesus. And then it also tells us to love our neighbour like ourselves. So if we're trying to be more like Jesus and love our neighbours like ourselves, then there's, as you said, there's no judgment there. It's only mm. it's only good. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. the ultimate question we should always ask ourselves is, what would Jesus do? <laughs> so, yeah. What would Jesus do? That's what the J stands for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I think that's, I'd say, it's a good place to perhaps wrap that one up. Um, we could probably talk about this all day. So... Um, Thanks for listening. Um, I hope that was the uh, a nice introduction to this new series. Um, it's gonna, it's, it's not all gonna be rough. It's gonna be some, some gentle <laughs> yeah. ones. So um, again, thanks for listening. Um, if you do want to get in touch with us, um, ask us any questions or just make your opinion uh, voice to us. We, we'd love that. You know, we, as we mentioned, we want to start a conversation. So um, you can get in touch with me at um, at Russell Dooley on Twitter. Uh, Rosie, you can be found on Twitter. Yep, I don't know what my Twitter name is. <laughs> At Rosie, these will all be in the, these will all be in the description. So don't worry too much. Joe, you're not a. a I'm Twitter, quite conveniently for this topic not on Twitter. So if you have any questions <laughs> or if you disagree with anything that I've said, direct it to Russell. Yeah, and he will. Um, I'll pass it on to Joe. Yeah, um, yeah, and we've also got an email address which will be in the description. So, I would appreciate when you pass the message on if you could pass it on to me handwritten with a quill because okay, <laughs> yeah. that's about where I am okay I'll, um, I'll pass it on to Rosie who can handwrite it in quill and pass it on to Joe yeah Russ doesn't know how to write no no but he doesn't know how to tweet I do know how to tweet <laughs> as long as it's in 140 characters I can do it <laughs> okay well thanks for listening uh, and hope to hear from you yeah thank you